Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with Ruben Furtado, a good friend of mine, Mike DeZormo, a good friend of mine, both of them, of course, work with us together here at Rockstar, and my little brother, Nicholas Kradza. We all sit around for the last podcast we're releasing in 2020, just to chat about the year, we talk about real estate, we get into all sorts of stuff, and we broke uh, broke open a bottle of whiskey, and we started drinking during the podcast, and I think at, at first it was like a very serious discussion for the first 20 minutes about some real estate stuff. And as the podcast went on, especially the last half hour, we start just meandering into different conversations. I tried to say a quote that I totally butchered. So apparently whiskey does affect your thinking. I can confirm that definitely. So really just a laid back chat. There was really no goal to this podcast. So if you're looking for an epic moment here, it was just a chat between friends reflecting on 2020 and then talking a little bit about 2021 and our thoughts of 2021 going forward. Listen, if you have been listening to this podcast, we just really wanted to thank you. This has turned into a little bit of a passion project for us. And because of your listenership, we've been able to get on some amazing guests in 2020. I never thought we'd have some of the guests that we had on here. You know, Saif Adina Moose, the author of the Bitcoin Standard, came in and chatted. We had Lynn Alden, one of the best macroeconomic analysts, I think, in the world right now, one of my personal favorites. Jeff Booth has come on multiple times. We ran into Greg Foss, who lives right here in Oakville, and invited him on the podcast. He's actually due to come on again in 2021. We already have him booked. So it's really turned into a place where we can just explore, brainstorm, toss out ideas. Fernando Cipri came on multiple times just and there's more I know there's more that I'm forgetting but each of the guests have been amazing and it's really due to your listenership and support of this podcast so if you're out there somewhere listening to this please hear and feel our thanks you are allowing us to do this and it's really become something special for us so thank you especially in a year like 2020 with so many curveballs coming our way and 2021 is going to be rather interesting I think in our opinion and we'll do our very best to share everything everything we possibly can around our own thoughts around the economy, real estate, mindset, our families, cash flow, money, the whole bit in 2021. So enjoy this episode and listen, if you are listening to this and you want to hang out with the Rockstar Inner Circle crew and become a member yourself, you can check out everything that we do here. It's at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. If you go to that link, you'll see all the benefits of becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member. This is something we've grown now. I think the very first member ever was the fall of 2006, but our first full year was 2007. Then we incorporated Rockstar in 2008. So we've been doing this for some time now. The community has been fantastic. We are very proud. We have lifelong members now that have been in Rockstar, uh, Rockstar Inner Circle members. And what I, what I meant to say is that they're becoming lifelong friends. So thank you for that as well. Any Rockstar Inner Circle members listening out that's really a special place in our hearts. This has turned into something more than we ever thought possible. So thank you for that. And if you want to check everything that we're doing out, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. That's it for the intro. That's the end of 2020. Enjoy the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Ruben Furtado. Do you have a middle name? Yeah. What is it? Manuel? No. What is it? Garcia. Garcia? 
the Falcon, Ruben Garcia. No, Ruben the Falcon Garcia Furtado is in the house. Michael William. Yeah. William DeZormo is in the house. And Nicholas Alexander Kradza is in the house. Nick, you good? You can hear me okay. I know you can. Where's the, where did the Falcon come from? I should know this, but where, where did it come from? Oh, God. Uh, I can't no, believe we, we started with this story. Give us the, give us the short story, well, here, dude. Give here's us where, the 30 seconds. Here's where I we think don't the Falcone came. Because to me, I, when I think Falcone, I'm like, a Falcone that can't fly. Because I was thinking when we were driving those scooters in San Diego, and you tried to hop over, what, a person? Was it a person? Another scooter. Another scooter. <laughs> and the yeah. back wheel hit. And, you no, just, the, and he saw, I did it first, and he got upset that I did it. And he, the Falcone couldn't, do, what, you no. know, was going to be denied. So, yeah, I saw that in so your for, face. For anyone that's been to San Diego, you got to picture those, those, those little, what are the lime scooters that you get in the... Uh, and you rent and then it, so we left dinner one night after a few drinks we were at a conference and we took these things and start racing them around the streets we end up in front of a hotel somewhere trying to bunny hop these things Ruben can't Tom does it or something you try to do it and you're like the BMX master that should do it you end up you wiping out <laughs> yeah but you rolled you rolled nicely you I, rolled it but you didn't you break it no what did you do you cracked bruised the rib I, I bruised the rib but here's the thing after I wiped out do you guys remember who lied down for me to bunny hop them afterward no. Tom? No. Mike. You lay down on the ground? Yeah, because no, Mike, Mike laid down in the ground oh, after yeah, yeah. I wiped out. Mike yeah. was trying so to was... pick up his knees when you tried to go again <laughs> to make sure you didn't make it. So even though I, I crashed the first time, Mike volunteered to lie down, and he trusted me enough to jump over him. Okay, Mike, tell the truth. You were hoping you got an up-close and, and personal view of him flipping again. <laughs> Mike was going about to do ACL surgery, dude. If you missed, uh, if you if you hurt his other knee, you guy couldn't walk for probably two years after you and the Falcon. <laughs> hey, uh, you, let's, uh, so 2020, we'll reflect a little bit back on the biggest thing, I guess, Ruben, we'll start with you. Biggest thing that in, in your life may be buying the Princess Margaret Lottery House. Are we allowed to call it that, that you yeah. live inside the Princess Margaret Lottery House? Yeah. Uh, so how did that go down? Uh, so I had, I finally got my wife's approval to do a, a new build. Uh, we had built before it's, it was many years now that had gone by. Why didn't you get her approval earlier? Because the other ones had gone. So all your other builds had been so smooth. Well, no, I, I mean, each build don't get defensive with, man. No, don't no, get no, defensive. No. No, each build worked out. I love the fact you have to ask a question, but you don't let me answer it. Yeah, yeah. My life guys, my entire life. And then he's going to tell you some story that it's his rendition of it. And then that's not the way. Oh, my God. This is a great podcast. I'm going to actually really enjoy this. You know what I'm going to tell you? Speak into the mic. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I got to face the mic. I'm looking at you you guys. Uh, So, yeah, uh, decided that we uh, were ready to do our next build. And we had already spec'd out a piece of lot, uh, like a piece of land that we were going to build on. Things weren't working out so well there. And then uh, ultimately, we saw this property come out on the market. Okay, that close, huh? Is that way better? <laughs> and we should have tested this first. So either way, uh, the, the the property came out in the market, and I'd already been showing some houses in that area for a client, and I recognized that there was tremendous value there. I remember when I walked, I didn't know it was a Princess Margaret house. I remember walking into the house, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to meet the real estate agent because this is by far the best staged home I've ever seen. And I wanted to know who the stager was. Um, and then came to realize it was that house. And, and immediately we saw that the house had a tremendous amount of potential to do what we, you know, personalize it, make it our own. 
And uh, because yeah. the designer who had fully designed this and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars just wasn't quite right for you guys. It was perfect, but <laughs> like not. We're so, laughing. Anyone who doesn't know yeah, Ruben, we're yeah, all laughing because yeah. Ruben has moved into a lot of homes in his yeah. life, and he's always altered the homes to be exactly yeah. the way he wants them. So you've altered a what is it, a Brian Gluckstein designed home? It is, yeah. So it was built by PCM, really well built. And a strong design, but there was a couple things that weren't just to to our taste. Yeah, some things were nice. Yeah. The, the wallpapered um, fridges, bo- bookshelves on yeah, the fridges. Fridge, yeah. yeah, it was like it looked made it look like a book, like a really old yeah. bad bookshelf. Yeah, 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 that was a little bit. Yeah. I, I could see that not being your taste. And I can see them. Kind well, of there was great. books. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ruben books I don't have to read. Yeah. Ruben looked at me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to read those books. Those are <laughs> fake books. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I think the house actually came with, like, if you look everywhere, okay, again, it came fully decor. So. I think it came with books. I'm not sure. No, it, it actually... did come with books. There's probably somewhere around 100, 150 books throughout the house. You throw them out by now? No, they're all there just they're collecting decor. dust. They're decor. Sorry, they're so pretty. They're Sorry. like hardcover, black with gold that matches everything. Of course, it's all decor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you buy the so you buy the house because it's a good deal. It was uh, it was a great deal, um, and like I said, it, it meted our requirements, and we knew that there was a couple little tweaks. So even right now, I just left the house, and we have a bunch of trades there, just putting some some final finishing touches on it uh, downstairs, and uh, yeah, or, hey, we'll I, be there for a while. I'm curious. You do so much work with your trades over time, but you've kind of like you don't always use the same guys because sometimes they're on other projects and stuff. Because you didn't move into there that long ago, and you have guys doing work already. In today's world, with how long these some of these trades are booking into advance, are you, are they just trying to slot you in quickly because of the loyalty you've built with them, or are they? Uh, That's part of it. The other part of it, the, the scope started off really small, so they were able to squeeze something in. But then, like any project, mm-hmm. it starts small, and the scope just kept on increasing, 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 so that literally now they've been there for a couple months, right? But yeah, uh, it was it was a it was a smaller project to start off. So now they're christening your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I'm telling, oh, I gotta get it. Everybody wants everything done by Christmas, so everybody's competing for their time. And but they've been great. So right. will this be the last house you live in? No. <laughs> so on this house, you know, before I don't know how much you want to share this stuff, but you know, when you were uh, buying and selling houses like ten years ago, I think you would sell, you would list the house probably higher than maybe even you thought possible, mm-hmm. and you would kind of that listing would help set the market price for other sales in the area. Yeah, correct. Was, correct. Is that something that you still seeing be is still see being done or not so much? I don't know if they're doing it intentionally. I, I'm not doing that anymore. Now when we list, we, we list with the intention of obviously selling and putting at a price point that we feel that we could justify. Um, I do see a lot of houses that are listed and I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, where are they getting this price point? Are they trying to, maybe they have a couple other, you know, they're built, built on spec. They have a, some other lots that they bought that they plan on developing and they're trying to use that list price to set a higher precedent that other people list higher and then create a trend. But personally, no, we don't do that. We're now with the market the way it is. It's 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 definitely I think a seller's market. So price it to sell it, right? Even at those price points, do you think that's going to carry forward into twenty twenty one the seller market? I think so, and I think part of the reason is um, again when you're looking at a lot of the custom builds, the struggle is 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 finding land. Um, there's not enough inventory. There's a huge amount of demand. the The cost of construction just continues to go up, even to get trades is really difficult. So I think, you know, as these houses do come on the market, there's going to be a huge demand for it because the alternative to build is 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 becoming more and more difficult and more costly. 
So in the price point of three to five million or three to six million, who who's buying right now? Who are they? New, new people new to Canada, like fairly new immigrants, or are we just talking about lo- Canadians who are just moving up into larger houses? I think it's a, it's a mix, right? Um, you're seeing, you know, with COVID. There's a lot of people now that are wanting to invest more in their homes because they're seeing they're spending a lot more time. They're not traveling as much. Uh, they need more space uh, working from home. So that's part of it. But you're still seeing a lot of that um, foreign money that's coming in, people who are wanting to invest um, that are building on SPAC. Uh, so there, it, it's a combination of both. And they're willing to hold on to it and move into it without it having to immediately sell it, right? So... I don't think there's a, a very specific um, criteria around uh, uh, that buyer. Right? Okay, but on uh, 10 homes listed between 3 and 5 million, what percentage are being bought by fairly new Canadians with money coming in from out of the country? Yeah. Yes. Based on my experience? Yeah. yeah. Probably about 50% still. Yeah. Oh. Are you, are you going to drink that whiskey or no? Oh, I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we allowed to drink? Like. Yeah. What do you? What is this like? Some HR person gonna run? No, around I don't the know. Like on TV, you can't drink, drink beer. In the or it's twenty twenty. Like we can't even. We can't walk outside. We can't. We, we can't. Uh, we have to wear masks every now. You can't drink whiskey. Yeah, so. Well, you're not allowed to drink beer on TV. I don't think you're allowed to drink real alcohol, like in, on a, a network show, maybe on a huh? movie, right? So well, I don't know. I have no idea. That was the first I heard of that. Maybe. Yeah. And so you think it'll continue? And you, th- from everything you're seeing, you think twenty twenty one same stuff will happen. No, no change in the market. Yeah, I, I think from what I'm seeing, that's why I, wanted, I was looking to build because I, I thought there would be a huge equity position in the house that we would be building. Uh, and that's what drove that whole decision for us to sell in the first place. Then we sold and then the, the idea of building was kind of following through, falling through because the land, there were some issues there. And so, yeah, everything was based on our prediction and going into the future, like in a year, two years out. So you sold before you actually had a lot to build on? Yeah. Oh. yeah. So we were already working on, on a deal on the lot, but there were some legal issues between the developer and the seller. Uh, so as that was falling through, we had already sold our house conditional. And then uh, the crazy thing is we ended up buying the Princess Margaret Lottery home. That he's, uh, we bought that and we went into multiple offers and we went in firm without our deal being firm on the sale of our place. So that was a scary like four days because it was $150,000 deposit. If our deal didn't go through, it might have created problems. So um, but um, everything worked out, so we're, we're super happy. I think it comes down to also, like, what are your options? Like, back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, there were nice subdivisions being built in Oakville. But nowadays, everything's high density. So as somebody wanting to move to Oakville and buy a new home, you're stuck in a high-density neighborhood. I get that there's the odd infill project happening, but often those homes are built on, on properties that literally have no backyard. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking for, yeah, if you're looking for something with more room or more more land yeah yeah the, the new subdivision not just in oakville i think almost anywhere true, true. Right? sorry yeah i yeah, guess some areas like in like collingwood like areas with more land that's, that's yeah. yeah but but otherwise yeah there's just no there's no land and then what what freaked me out was when this this trend started was i was surprised at how big how large the homes were that they were putting on the smaller lots still mm-hmm. so they were putting you know three thousand i forget the exact numbers but it was like a three thousand or thirty one hundred square foot home on a 40 foot lot whereas before when that would like never happen before mm-hmm. it wasn't even that long ago it was like mandatory 50 foot lot maybe you could upgrade to a 60 foot if you're getting like the bigger models from that subdivision 
but there, the people are definitely, you know, the, I guess the, they knew the buyers. The buyers were willing to sacrifice the yard for a larger property, it seems, right? Mm-hmm. In that particular instance. Well, you were about to say something. I, the answer is yes, because there's all these new features in some of these newer homes, right? It, it was a, it was like we saw it happen when it went from houses that were like eight-foot ceilings to nine-foot ceilings. All of a sudden, people were willing to sacrifice the smaller uh, the smaller lots to get the higher ceilings and the more the open concept, right? So you're seeing the same thing. But as that new subdivision with that really small lot, 10, 15 years from now, everybody's, I think not everybody, but... Those buyers at that point that are looking for a 3,000 square foot home, they're going to be gravitating to some of the more mature homes that have already been upgraded. So I think, yeah, that's great on the new subdivision short term because there's all this demand to get into the newer, prettier house and that has all those features. But long term, a house that's like 15, 20 years old on a bigger lot is going to do far better, I think. You know what's interesting about that? Because when we saw prices move just in our neighborhoods in Oakville, if we're talking Oakville specifically, your Tom's in the newer area, you guys know, right? Mm-hmm. So your your home price went up high, faster than than where I am, and it went up higher. But then there was all of a sudden there was this pause, mm-hmm. and then our then all of a sudden our properties became much more demanded, and we started seeing this huge spike in demand on these because people saw the gap in price. To your point, mm-hmm. they saw the gap in pricing, and they're like, you know what? Why am I going to pay that for that home? I'll get one of these older ones, do the renovations. Because the, the gap is so large, and then we got this increase in price that caught up, and then it kind of, it, it almost shifted back a little bit again too. So it was it was an interesting dynamic. It was the first time that I had seen it like in my own area, mm-hmm. seeing so close, like within blocks, mm-hmm. you saw that difference, right? Yeah. Well, you look at like for example, Glen Abbey out in Oakville. Uh, you're seeing houses that are like 3,500 square feet sell for 1.8 million. You know that's like, you know, south. So not sorry, South. Uh, that's going to be like Northeast Oakville prices, right? Uh, and again, older homes just updated and fully renovated. Yeah. So this means that so like so a couple of things. A couple of people have walked in here and said exactly what Nick said that they bought a big house on a lot, and now that the foundation's being poured, they're realizing how small the base uh, backyard is, mm-hmm. and they're shocked mm-hmm. that they knew it was going to be small. Now they're seeing it. And they're like, holy smokes! Like I can't put a pool in here for sure. Maybe I can get a hot tub. Maybe not even a hot tub with a decent sized patio. And that's on a like three thousand square foot plus home in Oakville. So to your yeah, I think that's going to happen where people move there and then they move to the, ultimately the bigger lots and it's going to drive demand south of the QEW or around the GTA for houses like you're saying, Nick, that like have the bigger lots and you can kind of upgrade them. But then what does it do to the three million dollar house right now? Does that mean in three, five, ten years those houses are going to be worth six million? I think so. Uh, if you look back, you if. I'll go back all the way to Belvedere. So Belvedere was one of the first custom builds that I did like um, back in, I think it was like 2010. Sold that house back then for 4.5 million. Today, that house is not 9 million, right? So it didn't double. Meanwhile, the rest of the market doubled. That buyer at that time paid a premium for that property. And so I think anybody buying a more mature house that they're not paying a premium for, at a $3 million bit, but it's really like land value and then the structure, the size of the structure, but they're not paying for all the bells and whistles because all that stuff's depreciating. But if, if they're buying a solid location, solid lot, and a solid like um, footprint of a home, 
that house in 10, 15 years will double. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I never really thought about that. Like all the bells and whistles inside the home will depreciate. All your control for your home automation, all your blinds. That stuff gets outdated so So quick quick. too, right? But the lot size itself and then the foundation of the structure, because Mm -hmm. if you can rebuild, you'll likely, it's cheaper to use the existing foundation. You don't have to go out for different permits and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That kind of stuff will hold its value and maybe increase faster. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an so so then going forward, basically the, the our whole theory of good homes and good areas, as far as we were thinking starter homes for rental properties, just applies everywhere. Get the good lot, get as much lot as you can buy, get the good area, good street, and you should likely do well over the next three, five, ten years. That's that's your best guess, anyway. It we're is. not holding it to you. I'm just, no, that's you know, just what yeah, you're definitely. thinking. And, and I think the reason why these subdivisions that Nick was talking about that are all coming up and popping up everywhere with these bigger houses on smaller lots. Why are they selling? Well, it is right now. It is still a seller's market. It's 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 supply and demand. There's not enough There's supply. No inventory. Yeah. So that's it. So when the market does, when it ever changes, right, those houses are going to be a lot harder to sell, right? And the people are going to gravitate more to the mature areas that have the bigger lots, same square footage, and then they're updated. Depending but, on where the prices are, like all this, like even the the the, the bigger lots and more expensive homes being desirable it will all only depend on where that price those price points are depend uh compared to the other types of homes that we're talking about because if mm-hmm. the gap's too big like we've seen it time and time again even in, in multiple markets once the gap becomes too big people are just like i'm not it doesn't make sense for me to make mm-hmm. to make that some people i'm just talking like you know in general yeah but the other reason why i think those houses are selling the way they are selling is the builders think of how much money they invest in marketing the model homes that they put together the way they're staged if you want to look at like flawless execution on selling a home, look at what builders and developers are doing, right? And where on the resale market, the house will hit the resale market. Sometimes there's no furniture in it. It's the standard finishes that the builder provided. And somebody's trying to set a pre- precedent with that, right? So great marketing on the builder side to be able to push out all that product, get it sold. But I, I it's what I was saying. I think everybody's overpaying for the brand new you know, builder product, not talking custom, I'm talking about subdivision, and they're not going to see the same kind of returns as the more, as the resale house, right? That already has those investments, right? That Or the custom home, right? I'm curious, do you guys know, Mike, with you work with a lot of different people? I Primarily, we I ever worked with just really just investors, like probably like 99.5% of people who are investors that I work with. And I'm just wondering, have you guys seen something like, why do people, do some, do some people just prefer a new home? Because I just, I'm just thinking, like, if I want to go buy a home with me, my family, why would I go to the builder? I might be able to go and buy resale and get it today, which I personally would like. Now, I realize some people are doing it because they're convinced, and there is some risk to this, but they're convinced by the time it closes, there'll be some equity in it. So I realize that might be one attractive portion of it. But, like, is there, do you guys see, like, I don't know. Have you seen something where some people will just keep, I, I've heard from one, one particular person, I forget who it was. Someone told me recently, maybe it was you that they, they, we own, talked they about this, yeah, yeah, they've never lived in a home that people haven't lived in. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are those people, but that's not the majority of people. I don't think are, are like that would only live in a new home. Does any, what drives people in that direction versus a resale? Do you guys see that? Yeah, no, on my, on my side, because yeah, it's, it's majority of investors that I'm working with. They're buying on speculation if that is going to be the purchase, but it's, I, I haven't gotten the desire that that hasn't been ever a primary desire for somebody wanting a new home that they're actually going to live in. I haven't seen that. They want to go in, walk through, feel that house, the neighborhood and whatnot. That's 
Is it I, just because it's an easier process then? They're, they feel like they can walk into the sales instead of because you know shopping resale, you got to go to a bunch of different places. There's more demand, I think, for non-lived-in houses than Nick thinks. And yeah. I know Ruben's yeah. biting your tongue. Is that what here it is? Yeah. So I'll tell you, my wife personally, she wouldn't want to go into a resale home. Like, like the idea of going into another house, like we bought it, but we've pretty much demolished it. Yeah, but right? you guys destroy the whole thing. So what's the matter, anyways? With again, she wouldn't want to go in if we weren't doing. You don't point your finger at my brother, okay? When you speak, you don't point your finger. I, at I my talk brother. with my hands a lot. I don't. So. I don't. I, I, I don't feel threatened. Yeah. That's okay. You should. <laughs> um, but see, now I'm actually not pointing. I'm actually gesturing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have also had clients, especially when you you're, you're talking about clients that have, um, paying a premium, and willing to, uh, look for that product and, and pay that premium. They do not want to live in a house that is already like a resale home. Like I had one client, and this house was pristine. It was actually a house that I built for myself that I sold it to somebody else. It was a single guy who lived there. The house, like I told you, it looked like it was almost. A, but they didn't want to buy it because there was some scratches in the sink or that the drain was. So we literally replaced all the drains in the house, right? The sinks were completely rebuffed. Like they, they, they were stainless steel. So everything was brought to like a new condition because the idea of somebody living there was enough to turn them off from buying it, right? I think in the last week I've, I've heard four different people have told me that they would never buy a house that someone else had lived in it. And I think it's just, you know what first, it is? I think first world problem. Yeah, yeah, I really think it's that. It's, I think it's once you get to the point in life where you can afford what you want, mm -hmm. then it's just like, hey, you know what? Give me that house for these reasons, and it is yeah, what it but, is. Okay, so then let me ask something else. Are those the same type of people or clientele that can then go and build a custom home? Because someone walking into a sales center to buy a subdivision home or someone that's like, well, I don't want that because I'm going to go build a custom home. Those are two different people, and then I can, you know you know what I mean? It's, the decision making is different. I think no? it's just... That's close. Maybe they can, but they're not just to have that much yeah. cash that they can drop on a custom home. Okay. But I'm just surprised. This week, I've had multiple families. And many of them are, are people you know who've told me exactly what you said. And I think the other reason, too, is when you go out and look at some of these resale homes, I'm shocked of what you see. Like mm -hmm. It's like buyers will get disgusted easily because the seller really didn't put yeah. its best foot forward in getting the house presented the way it should have been. Especially for an asset that you're trying to sell as yeah. an asset instead of looking at it as a home. Like that is a financial asset yeah. to you. Why would you treat your financial asset like that and, and have it not be able to either maintain its value or be able to realize the full value of the asset that you own. I, yeah, it's a, it's a mistake, but it's just some people just different priorities. And, and then to our earlier point of just moving, I mean, Mike, you're, you're going to move south of the QEW in Oakville. Mm -hmm. And why? So what were your reasons? Because you're one of the people we're talking, you're the exact demographic we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You're buying a bigger lot, basically. Yes. Bigger house, bigger lot. Yeah. And their primary reasons were... Yeah, just for the boys to have a bit of a space, a bit of a space to run around. Um, so yeah, and then Sarah and I were raising our family here. This is not where we want to uh, leave. Like we are staying in Oakville, and just for long term, I just always knew that you know. And Sarah agreed that we just want to be in South Oakville. How, how weird is it for you guys, from you guys being friends since you were kids, you now live in a Princess Margaret home. You bought a beautiful new home. No, your current home is absolutely stunning and beautiful. Everybody mm. should know. Walk out mm. basement with the pool, finished basement, like it's a beautiful house. Oh yeah, it was hard to leave, yeah. Yeah, so you guys, you have, and now you're moving into this new home. Mm -hmm. For both of you guys, with your backgrounds and where you knew each other, you being secure, I just have this image of you being security guard at uh, Aaron Mills Town Center, taking out like the dirt from the mini 
honey putt there and trying to make some extra money that way. You, from your background that you shared before, living uh, for temporarily in a mall at Woodbine. Was it Woodbine? No. Uh, uh, um, Lawrence Square. Lawrence, Lawrence Square? Yeah. Lawrence Square. Um, and then now both of you guys living in these homes. Is that yeah. like not freaky? Well, in you? Toronto, we actually grew up uh, literally a block away from one another as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So in Toronto, did you know I, each other then as kids? No. Yeah, they thought I stole their bicycle. Really? That's how it all. That's how it we wasn't met. They, I thought. I <laughs> <laughs> did you guys fight? Which didn't happen. Did you guys no. fight with no. your, your they big? They sent you over a big, a big friend, and the big friend didn't intimidate me. And Portuguese um, guys yeah. won't stand up for themselves, <laughs> eh? I, I, I called my biggest buddy. His name was Orlando, and Orlando <laughs> came to talk to Mike, but it didn't work. You didn't <laughs> even you didn't even go with Orlando. No. You just sent Orlando to talk to Mike. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't get your bike back. And Mike stood the guy down. Mike didn't stand. Mike, how much, you, how much did you sell it for? Just tell us now. Now is enough it time spent. We actually found the guy who stole it. Oh. And he had painted it. I had, it was green and he painted it purple. Mm. Did so. you apologize to Mike? I did. Yeah, but that, he became that, friends. That was the thing. I, I knew a couple of friends like when I was in high school, they stole yeah. someone else. A friend of mine got his bike mm. stolen by another guy in the high school. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they do is they paint it because they think like that's yeah, going to yeah, be. Yeah. And it was like a custom BMX mm-hmm. bike. Mm-hmm. And the guy painted thinking that then no one's going to know, yeah. even though it says a one of a kind thing. Right. I stole it out of my garage, too. But do you guys ever. <laughs> You're still mad about it. Oh, okay. it was. Yeah. I love that bike. Do you guys ever reflect on that though? How far, like, and, and not that I shouldn't say how far you come because it doesn't really matter. Once you have a nice roof over your head, the size doesn't really matter. But I mean, there are two beautiful homes that you're living in now. Do you guys ever reflect on that a little bit? Oh, it's very humbling, especially in this day and age. Like, unfortunately, what other people are possibly going through right now in 2020. So it's, it's yeah, very humbling. But you didn't ask me my highlight for 2020. Yeah, I'm get, yeah sorry. Ruben's occupying all the time. What's your highlight from Tiger King? Joe Exotic? Carol Baskin. That <laughs> <laughs> Sarah and I were able to watch you've, that. You've been waiting to say that. <laughs> oh my God, I heard he's going to get a presidential pardon. Did you hear that? I, I, I heard saw Trump, headlines yeah, like trying. Trump's yeah. going to pardon the guy yeah. or something like that. I never can, watched can, it. I couldn't, I couldn't pull it off. Oh, I, I, no, I watched like the oh, first episode. Mate, and like, I just can't do missing. it. You know what? Oh, you have no, to. Yeah. It's so unbelievable that you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. When you see that guy and the life he's carved out for himself. And you can't tell me that that lady didn't kill her ex-husband or whatever, her first husband. The way she's talking about it. And they have the image of that meat grinder in the back <laughs> I'm like there's no and they never so apparently her, her first husband went missing she lives on a line a tiger tiger ranch or whatever ranch yeah. that saves repossessed tigers or whatever it is <laughs> and her husband goes missing no one can ever find her and like and then they show in the in one of the episodes they're showing this meat grinder that they use i guess to uh, meat uh, uh, grind down meat to feed the tigers so uh you gotta dude you gotta watch it so 2020 that's your highlight of 2020 i'm, I'm reflecting back on 2020 and just thinking holy smokes like so much craziness happened but so much like good stuff happened too like through 2020 uh nick and i are uh got that house up in blue mountain we haven't closed on it yet but got that house up in blue mountain our family got this puppy which is like a little bit of a joke but it's a it's a good thing we had the time to discover bitcoin which has been like a huge revelation yeah. so in 2020 amidst all the chaos all these good things have happened and we learned about, a lot about rockstar and the rockstar members and working with members throughout this this whole time because we went through a whole panic in march on how do we offer enough value to rockstar members how can we kind of share more and we did all that and rockstar members kind of responded very well to to everything so it became really a little bit more of a tighter community in my eyes. So 2020 really kind of taught us a, a lot. It was it was big. Yeah, being able to pivot and then offer the classes online as well. Yeah, that's going to go over really well this winter. When you know how it would be here when we get a snowstorm, we have all these registrations. Get a snowstorm, and that's just going to, you know, yeah. It, for people not how to trek through the, those snowstorms to get to a class here, that's going to be very helpful. 
Yeah. yeah. Already, we're going to put a number of the classes for members specifically. We're putting them on the on the app, so they'll oh, cool. they'll be able to stream the classes right awesome. right on the app right there too, which will be yeah. nice for them for for the people that like that That's that cool. way of doing things as well, right? So yeah, it's helped a lot of companies um, get technical fast. Yeah, I just. I just feel like there's still something missing too. Oh, you know what geez. I mean? Like we need the balance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's too it's too virtual, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for me. It's just it's just too much. So you need the balance. I'm okay with convenience, and I'm not a technophobe. I'm like embraced all sorts of technology very early. I, I love it. I think I'm kind of excited by the new technology, but I need people for for yeah. who I am. I need people, and a Zoom call or a virtual Zoom. Uh, party or wine tasting or whatever it is doesn't excite me. I'm like, I don't want to yeah. stare at the computer screen. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, nothing will replace the in-class experience by far, but yeah, it's just nice. People. Yeah, 100%. That, yeah, 100%. We still answer questions and have people... Um, but there's other people, like I'm sure the the, the introverts, right? Mm-hmm. Some people like would prefer just the computer screen. Like mm-hmm. Maybe that for them, that's great. I'm just saying for me, it just it's draining if I have to spend too much time doing that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I wonder, so Nick, we'll ask you your highlight of 2020 in a second, but I'm just trying to extrapolate forward. Like at 20, if we were to do this one year from today, interest rates right now, you can get primary place of residence interest rate. Ruben, I know you know this 0.99% from HSBC. So 1% you can get uh, mortgage interest rates. Um, property prices have been going like crazy around the GTA. So we have low interest rates, crazy property prices. Stock market is absolutely insanity. You got things like gold hasn't really moved. It's pretty much due to move right about now. We'll see what happens. Uh, Bitcoin kind of went crazy this year and went maybe semi-mainstream. I don't think it's fully mainstream, but it kind of went sem. At least more people are talking about it. One year from today, what the heck are we going to be saying? Like our interest rates going from 0.9. Are we going to be sitting here a year from now going, do you remember when interest rates were so high at 0.99? Like are they going, and I know variable can't go much lower because it's already at 0.25. Like how much low can it go? But are we going to be sitting here going, there's 0.25% fixed rates and real estate prices are like, they're not up like 10%. They're up like another 15% and things like Bitcoin and gold have increased massively in price. And there's like this wave of insolvencies through the economy because we've been shut down in January and so many businesses kind of closed down and the government came with more fiscal spending and more CERB type kind of supplement and stimulus into the economy. And the vaccine really does have side effects. And the vaccine has side So like, yeah, what are, like, can you imagine like one year from today? Like this is 2021 is going to be fascinating, no? Mm-hmm. Like if we're sitting here today, next year with all of that as a possibility, that's just going to blow. I think that's, no, is anyone really prepared for that type of reality? I don't even know if we are. I'm just throwing I think to- it's every year though. Like you could, it, like in hindsight, using the same logic in hindsight, you could say that every year. Like yeah, but this year- this year, with yes. The, this year, you wouldn't have never but said that. But I just I, mean with the economy and different different things and rate changes and, and, and money printing. But the like, amount of bankruptcies that we're going to be facing in 2021, yeah. I don't think we're going to see that every year. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the, the, And the government response to that. Like, I think we're in one of those periods. What's that saying? You know, an, every once in a while, there's a, a, one year, a decade's worth of stuff happens. I just butchered Did that. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see the stimulus bill that got got forwarded to uh, Trump? Yeah, it got passed in the Senate. It, it was, what is it, 900 billion? Did you see some of the details yeah. around it? So it was 600 bucks for every American. And then, oh, but, like, but like, which which someone did the math on. There's like this many Americans, here's 600 bucks. They did the math on, but they're like, 
there's like 75% of the funds are still missing. And they're like, where does this go? And if you look, it's like a 500 page document and all these different countries around the world are getting like hundreds of millions of dollars. I think it's and, like 5,000 page document. Oh, is it 5,000? Yeah. <laughs> but there's all these, like there's foreign spending. There's all this spending on all this stuff. Defense industry. Yeah. And then the American, the, 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 the actual stimulus to the people is 600 bucks. And they're like, what? You know, man, they're missing the, missing the boat here. I mean, I know it was. I don't know if it was political or nothing. This isn't a. a this isn't a, a Trump statement. But then he kicked it back and said, "Look, get it up to at least two thousand per person." But uh, but that's the crazy part about all this. So they're dumping all this money. They're spending all this money, and it's not even going to the the people in the economy that they're saying they want to try to support to get to rebuild the economy. A small percentage is. So yeah, it's so that to your point about these bankruptcies. All the money that they're spending, if it's going to not, if only a sliver of it's going to the people that they're trying to support and they're going to really have to support those people, there's a whole hell of a lot more money coming, right? Yeah, it's crazy. 2021 is going to just be fascinating, man. I we're really- going to hit a blow. Like with all this happening sometime in the next, it's got, I used to think it was longer and, may, and maybe not, never to happen. Now I think it might be the next five years. Is, there's just this, this blow up, blow off top of everything where everything just spikes because it's just like, get your hands on anything and then and then it all falls apart after yeah like i wonder how far the government can go especially in the u.s with printing money because let's face it the 900 billion that they're putting out right now is a stopgap measure until the new president gets announced if it's biden i know trump keeps saying maybe it's not final or whatever but let's assume it's biden and then you know another stimulus bill comes out like is 2021 or 2022 where we just get uh, considerably closer to people not trusting the american dollar anymore and if that trust erodes, then people rush into things like art and houses as a stampede into the stock market. I think it's too soon. I think other countries have to, it, I forget who said this. I forget who was saying this. Some, someone who said that there's a number of other currencies that would have, have to, to go first. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know. And the, and the crazy part on all of this is I think people are going to look at things like the stock market and think they're doing well. But if you're if the devaluation of the currency is faster than the increase in your stock market portfolio, you're still losing or real estate or anything. Really, yeah, right? yeah, yeah or yeah. real estate. But I guess I'm comparing it to things like hard assets. Like if yeah. the stock market goes up like crazy, but real estate goes up even higher or gold goes up at a percentage base even higher or Bitcoin goes up even higher, you're still falling behind to hard assets. Yeah. And with it, that logic, if you've owned gold for the last five years, you've you've fallen behind. Mm-hmm. Even though there's been a return, you've fallen behind. Now that might change based on some things, but I mean, it, 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 you, that's the that's it is. Yeah, gold's a tough one because it's such a manipulated market that it's like tough to really yeah. kind of say you you fell behind because like I, the futures market can control the price on that a lot. So it's it's a kind of tough one. Yeah, you won't know until everything hits the fan, and then you'll know if you fell behind or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, um, Mike Ruben's bored. He doesn't. Yeah, like, Ruben's yeah. like, would you guys fucking stop talking about this? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, but, so Mike, with two young with two young kids, because your boys are now two and a half and four. Two and a half and four. What do you, like? What do you think? Like, how are you going to prepare them for their? I guess they're going to be hitting their late teens, you know, in the twenty thirties. Here, <laughs> it sounds like forever. What yeah. is the world going to look like, and how for the sure. heck do you prepare them for that? Yeah, yeah. I'm not even close to that right now, Sarah and I. But uh, yeah, don't know, don't know. We'll take it as it comes. Who could have predicted this? Remember Y two K. Is that 1999, yeah. right? When we were rolling over to 2000, yeah. when they were calling for the end of the world? What if it was 2020? They called for the end of the world. How crazy would people yeah, be yeah. going right now? Yeah, yeah, right. They would think, this is it. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is it. it. Yeah, yeah that's, a- that's good perspective because Y2K was supposed to end the world and nothing really happened. Yeah. 
But I, I just think that now I think for your boys specifically, it's going to be important to teach them things like resourcefulness, resiliency, curiosity, learning, uh, you know, having a good network of friends around. Are them. you giving Mike advice on how no, to raise no, his like sons? I'm just, I'm just no. thinking out loud because like anything that they learn in yeah. school now, because I'm kind of thinking about what Aiden's learning in university right now. I'm like, how really applicable is an old economics 101 type course based on Keynesian economics, like old school kind of thinking? How important really, or how does that really serve him other than the ability to learn and teaching him how to study and gather new information? How is that really going to serve him? Well, even but, it, don't you it, need to know something even if you don't, you, like it gives you something to compare stuff against. It's almost like if you go find buy, bad properties sometimes, for, you know, then you know what's good. Yeah, and so I guess it does that. that. I, but but when I think of like Ruben and what you've been able to do with real estate, what's been more valuable, like a book-based education or kind of, I don't know if you call it street smarts or your ability to see arbitrage opportunities in the real estate market. Where Because for a while, remember, you were buying new construction. And, and I remember you saying this because we were both at Oracle and you were saying, Tom, I'm buying new construction because the resale market is already like at this price, but the builders are selling it for quite a bit lower. So it's kind of a no-brainer. I'm just going to buy these homes at this price and I'll profit off the sale of them. It's almost like that skill, those types of, that type of thinking and that type of skill is really going to be the primary thing we should all be trying to share with our children. And I don't know where that comes from with you. Like I, that, that seems like it was just ingrained with you. I don't think it's something you can really teach. Like no one taught you that stuff. You just saw that from early days, maybe in your furniture store. No? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think it was one, I always had an interest in real estate. And so the fact that uh, I would like to just go out and look at houses. And when I was looking at houses, that curiosity is then what led to, hey, is there an opportunity? Right. So it started off with curiosity to and then it was this this thing about, you know, taking action and how we made those decisions. Take action is like, hey, if I don't do this right, what what am I giving up? And if I do this, what is the worst case scenario? And every time when I looked at doing something, the worst case scenario wasn't that bad. It just made the decision that easy. But it was such a basic concept about what you just said is. Here's the builder price. Here's the resale price. And then from there, it developed to a lot more little strategic and yeah, nuances that really were the key differentiators and everything else. Um, so, But you were cur curious in real it's estate. Curious. So it's curious. It's, 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 it's finding something that you, you're passionate about, being curious enough, and then looking for the opportunity and, and then being able to process how to make that decision that to motivate yourself to make that decision right so that's what we have to nurture then and i'm just if i'm going back to mike's boys because they're the youngest well actually nick your daughter they're you're a little older but is that what we have to then nurture in kind of the younger generation just chase your curiosity yeah because you were just curious i'm trying to think what mike was curious about to get involved in real estate like i know my involvement in real estate is different than yours and i'd be curious to hear nick's is that my involvement with real estate was the money system is screwing us yeah. So my, my, my involvement in real estate was the money system seems crazy. And how do you hack the money system? Oh, there's this real estate thing and here's all the benefits and here's the way it uses the current money system. And if you're playing by the rules, you can still get ahead using this. So like work, whereas you were more about like the awesome design and, and, you know, like kind of like the, the purity of real estate. And I was coming at it from more the monetary aspect of real estate, if that makes sense. 
So we were both curious and it led us to the same place. But you know, we were coming at it. And I don't know if Mike, you had a curiosity, like I'm trying to think what your curiosity was about real estate that led you down that path? Like it, was it just like- No, no, mine was a common denominator and it was hearing about wealthy people and the majority had real estate and seeing what their lifestyle was like in regards to freedom and having what they want when they want and just doing what they want with their families and whatnot. It was seeing that that was my curiosity. I didn't have that knowledge at that time that the money system was. Yeah, you wrote about you know, that screwed. in your book. It was yeah. seeing wealthier people and they always seem to have real estate. Correct. Common denominator, yeah. And yeah. and when did you first have that thought? Was that when you were like working at the mall? It and was try- the mall, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because I remember then, you shared that. Yeah. You were saying, oh, all the wealthy people that I know are involved in real estate in some way. Yeah. So that's three different ways that we yeah. all got to real and estate. And then it was actually Ruben's brother who was installing uh, high-end audio video equipment in these homes that were multi-million dollar homes. And these people were living pretty good lifestyles. And I'm like... And you were casing you were casing them to steal their bikes? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And Manny put in control for and yeah, ruined Manny their would, lives? Manny would want to talk to me about the audio video that he's putting in. I'm like, Manny, what do they do? What's what's their story? Are I they happy? I can see Mike asking yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah. see him always yeah. asking that question, right? Even yeah. when he's a bartender, people coming in, probably spending some coin. He'd probably ask him, what do you do? Yeah. And right yeah. now, there's some guy on. on I guess, Not when on he YouTube. was younger. When he was younger, he was just he was partying pretty good. No, he yeah. would still yeah. was he? he yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was always like curious. And again, back to that thing about the curiosity, right? Uh, yeah, so, you figure. I've seen Mike in situations yeah, where he's just yeah, looking, he's yeah, like just trying yeah, to figure it out. Yeah. One time we were in Mexico, we were playing Control Four. Uh, not uh, Control Four. <laughs> connect, yeah, connect, that's connect what Control Four, four does yeah. to you. Remember, we were playing Connect yeah. Four. And I just kept waiting. I kept waiting, and and, and, and like for a while. And see I how Nick just Mike. got it in there that he was beating you no, on Connect Four. But I just saw him like he Mike. I, as I, I wasn't even playing Mike, I was playing other people. And then he, I just see him looking and he's just trying to figure it like, and I just see his brain working and figuring out, and then he just figured out exactly what I was doing. And then he did the next game and it made it like, I think I lost immediately once you yeah, figured it out, yeah. right? Unbeatable so, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just always trying to figure stuff out. It's smart. Mm-hmm. Like it's good. It's mm-hmm. just, I, you can see when you're doing it. So I, I Ruben, to your point, so, I agree. 100%. So what, what was, we didn't ask you yet your uh, biggest takeaway from 2020 or the biggest thing of 2020 for you, but uh, first what got you into real estate? Because so far it's slight, it's three different, slightly different ways. What was yours? Like I remember the moment you stood up in that freaking Well, that's seminar. what it was. But, but what was the thinking? Was it like, when this was, is a way to get ahead? Like, yeah, what, when, what were you curious about? I, I wanted to be rewarded for effort. And I felt at my job at the time, I was working at the region of Peel at the time, and I felt, and I, I could be wrong, so anyone that's working there, like maybe I'm wrong, right? But I felt that that wasn't the case. I was capped no matter how well I did at something the policies they had in place capped me at what I was able to do or or prolonged any reward for it and what I mean by that is each department or whatever it was called at that time when it when when it, the yearly review came around and it was yearly it couldn't be more than yearly they only one person could get the max raise you got like a cost of living bonus then only one person could get the max and it doesn't matter if you were a superstar, but if there was two people who did well, one person might be there longer, they get it. You just don't get get that rate. It, it was a small percentage too. And I was just like, this doesn't sit well with me. Like, I just feel like I'll bust my ass, but I want reward for it. And then that's why I looked at other avenues because of it. So that is four slightly different. I know that one's resonating with you, Ruben, but that is well, four no, slightly not. different reasons <laughs> for, for getting into real estate. So what, for me personally, it was... I, I knew that I was never the smartest person in the room, right? 
And I always had this insecurity that, you know what, I didn't have that That's education. That's weird. Why, yeah, like, why did you think It was that? just, you know what? But in, but in certain areas, dude, you're like by far the smartest person in the room. Yeah, not around us, but I mean in yeah. other areas <laughs> in general. In, most, but, in, in but the company the of most people. But where yeah. the aha moment was for me, right, for to get, to get into real estate. Like I said, there's always been, uh, like, I remember driving down Lakeshore. Just in, I would, I'd go on a date. And I would be driving down Lakeshore, just driving my car with the date and like looking at properties and wondering what people were doing. That was the curiosity part. But never did I see myself living in one of those houses. But you told her that, right? Yeah. So that's our house? <laughs> that's my home. That's my house, yeah. I'm not going in right yeah. now. Uh, but, but what happened is one time I went to some like three-star resort, right? On vacation with my wife. Cuba? I think it might have been Cuba. So that was like a one-star. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... Because I've it, stayed in a three-star in Cuba. And and I, holy smokes. I remember this guy, like, literally, he was, like, larger than life. He was talking about, like, how much money he had. He couldn't have had that much money because, again, <laughs> right, we were, yes. not, we're not in the greatest resort. <laughs> Reflecting But back. either way, I still looked at him. And then he mentioned that he, 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 so what he was was a janitor. And he had a bunch of, like, rental properties. And then I knew that he was way, making way more money than I was, right? So that, to me, I'm like... And he had a hard time putting even a sentence together, putting a couple words together. So I'm like, this guy's not smarter than me, and he's making more money than me. And it was that whole concept that eventually my, I would always look at people and measure myself to them. I'm like, how much are they making? Hey, they're not smarter. And all of a sudden, I just kept on challenging myself. And But it was that in on the real estate side, that whole thing. And then the, when you asked earlier, right in the very beginning, you had asked, what was that, that, that humbling you know, point and that turning point? And... Even look, when you look at where Mike came from and where I came from, it has less to do with that. For me personally, to do where we started, it's where that independent, when we started as an independent. Like for me, when I look back to when I was first married, my first kid, our first house, not my, where I lived with my parents when I was sleeping on a sofa bed. It's not that. It's that first house. That's the vivid memory. Right. And I remember walking into like coming, like literally driving two hours to go to work and driving two hours back. And when I would get home and I would look at this house and I'm like, and the house was only like one hundred fifty thousand dollars. It was a thirteen hundred square foot home. And my goal, my biggest goal, my grandiose goal was to have that house and paid for that. That to me is what's humbling because I see that that's that would have been like where I wanted to be. And if, if all of it came together, that's where I would have been. So to see where it's transpired through real estate, through all these other opportunities. That, 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 that's where I look back and it's, 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 it's humbling, right? That's cool. That's interesting that I'm trying to think how many times we've all had different moments like that. Like you had the janitor moment where you realize that like, hey, if he could do it, I can do it too. And you're not, I'm not saying you like judged him in any no. way. You, it was more just like a realization. And I think one of the things for Nick and I as a realization when we started this business is that for years I used to think that people had the secret to making money. Like I always thought like, oh, there's like, there's a there's a fast, easy way to make money. I just don't know about it. Like there's a secret over there. You buy that stock or you mm-hmm. get in early on this opportunity and that's where all the money's made. And I've come to learn that, you know how you hear that if you're not ready for money, like you have to be the person who can handle the money to really create some wealth in your life. I've now kind of learned that like the journey really is everything. That like the person that you need to accumulate wealth has to come from your own journey. And that journey is 
the hard way, suffering through hard work and building and making mistakes and learning through learning lessons and screwing up. And there's, that's the ultimate way to your personal success. There's like no shortcut to it. So even getting your big friends to go get your bike. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all yeah. comes together. Like there's no, you have to go through the process and we've all gone through it differently. But I, when I realized that I got very comfortable in kind of my own skin thinking, I don't have to see that guy over there. Not that I think I was doing this, but I think for a while, maybe I was, I'll take that back for a while. I would look at a person across the street maybe and say, oh, they must know something I don't. So it wasn't really like, you know how you were saying, oh, somebody, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. You were saying it that way. I think I was saying the same thing, but in a different way, just that they must know something that I don't know about making money. Now I know that not to be true, but that only comes from doing things yourself, buying properties and flipping them, buying properties and renting them out, starting working with people directly, being a full commissioned salesperson and trying to make a quota, starting a business and doing your own thing. It, that kind of that that realization really that no one has the secret only comes from really putting yourself into the arena and fighting things for you know discovering that for yourself and it's super helpful when you know somebody that's already done what you want to do it just expands your context because you know it's possible like you met that janitor at that resort and then you knew okay this is possible and that's what was really great about rockstar as well right because you're around a group of people that are already achieving for many what others want to achieve and I think the right way, everyone's just doing yeah. it the right way. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, they did that. They were able to get this. They were able to do that. And you kind of, it gives you the confidence to keep pushing forward too, yeah. right? For me, that context was really, and I've said this before, it was Awaken the Giant. That, that just oh, yeah. blew up my context of what was possible. And it's a different time now, right? With, yeah, yeah. So you're talking about Tony Robbins' and, uh, yeah, book, yeah, Awaken the Giant right. Within, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Personal Power too. I think we both, we all, yeah. either, I always forget if it's Personal Power or Personal Power too. I think it was, was personal, both. No, there was first both. Personal I just power can't remember which one get I the edge. To. Get the edge, edge, which I didn't like as much. No, no, it's a condensed version. Yeah, that personal. was for the people that couldn't get through Personal Power. Yeah, yeah Personal Power was the, it was the legit one. Yeah. Was it so, Get the Edge, the one that was on CDs and Personal Power? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I got Get the Edge because I remember I had CDs. Gotcha. Oh, really? No, but you listened to Personal Power too. I did? Yeah, because I think we were sharing illegal copies between each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, what was your highlight of 2020? No, Besides I think I was... the, uh, the drive through yesterday. No, I think it was all those things that I, I mentioned. No, I was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, was it that bad? Mike's laughing because <laughs> I went to Polar. Oh, Nick, I went, I went to twice. Polar. Oh, you've been twice already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to Polar. I told okay. I told <laughs> Oh, that's why she mentioned it to me. But based on that reaction, <laughs> it means I'm not going. Yeah, it's I'm a light completely. show. It's a light show by the airport oh, where you drive. I did, it. I did it. Oh, did you? You know what my highlight was? I went. That with, was your highlight of 2020. No. <laughs> oh my God. So, no, it wasn't my highlight of 2020. But that of that light show. Yeah. So, oh, uh, the Grinch at the end in front of the Lamborghini. No, it was actually I went with Austin, so my son, and he's got a French bulldog, and the look on the French that bulldog's is face. Like it was like a little kid. He enjoyed it more than anybody. And just to see this dog, I so I, I still go back. And We're offending Tommy. God, no. he has his arms crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I no, believe no, you. No, no, it's amazing. Sorry, we'll cut this part out. <laughs> no, no, totally no. offended dude, him. You gotta, stop, stop. I'm gonna show you a video of this dog. You don't point your finger at me, dude. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good, sure. No, I'm crossing my, I think I'm crossing my arms just out of comfort. Yeah. You're cold. Yeah. No. no, it was, yeah, you, you liked it. It was good. No, I didn't like it. The dog liked it. And I like seeing the dog like it. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was fun. What can we do in COVID? You can't do anything. I yeah. heard there's an escape room at Square One that's for cars. 
And I'm like, how do you play in this escape room? Because like, if you're in your car, if you're in your car and you choose the wrong way, what do you do? A three point turn, try to go the other way against traffic. But uh, yeah, 2020. My highlight of 2020 is all those things I mentioned earlier: the the, the puppy, the Blue Mountain home, the community at Rockstar, and Bitcoin. All that stuff mm-hmm. together. The community at Rockstar has been a big one, just kind of pulling a whole bunch of us together internally and the members together. That's been a big one. We didn't ask Nick his highlight of 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mine's e- mine's easy, man. Right before lockdown, I went on vacation. It was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Timed it well. I was on gone a cruise on a cruise. I was gone for two and a half weeks. We went to Disney. Went to this Disney cruise Don't, while COVID. But you know what? To be fair, when I was on the cruise, I was at every stop. I was like, I was looking at the headlines. I'm like, do I have to go straight to the airport to get home? But uh, I mean, look. So in, in all reality, I have said multiple times, and our family's been like, wow, we're so grateful that we 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 got we managed to go away because it was a great family trip. But but if you know, if we're looking at the real 2020, which started I guess mid March onwards, um, yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's there's been a few things. It, it, it's just been a perspective. You know what I mean? I I felt I think when all this happened, with so much, so a couple couple things w- were made very clear to me in April. So uh, the first was was kind of after we it, the first four to six weeks had had gone past, and I was like, why am I still you know like everyone else is just kind of not doing anything. They're sitting around. We're busy. Why, why are we busy? And, and we had commitments we had to keep because we, you know, we promised the investors we'd have their back and we were trying to gather as much information and keep sharing that and that type of stuff. So we were busy doing that. But it was also the people. So Tom, to what you said, and Mike, yourself as well, Ruben didn't acknowledge it, but we'll just give you credit. We'll, we'll believe that you believe this too. But it was the people here at Rockstar and being able to work with them and so many people have the same mindset that they weren't just sitting down and not doing anything. They were continuing, they were pushing forward and they're like, hey, look, so this is the new circumstances we have to deal with. We're going to deal with them and we're going to move forward. And that was really cool, like very, very cool and very important in my life. And the second thing that um, happened at this, around the same time was financially as a company, we were on pretty steady ground. We we had planned for this. We we put money aside. We had reserves purposely if, if income dried up in the company that we would be able to pay um you know for payroll and rent and stuff and it wasn't Survive. a big problem. Yeah. yeah. And we had to t- and, and that was comforting. Yeah. That was and, com- and, that the, that made us not panic. And very quickly we said we're like, hey, we want to go out of our way. We want to do our very best not to let anyone go. You know, a lot of companies started chopping roles right away and stuff and we didn't. And we didn't want to and we wanted purposely we're trying not to do that. And it made it, it made me feel like after all this work and all these years, I, I think I just told him like Maybe we have a real company. <laughs> it's <laughs> maybe it's real. I don't it's know. It's funny, and you know what? You're making me realize something is that for years, I, uh, Nick, I mentioned to you that we won't know if we are real entrepreneurial business owners until we go through a recession because we've we started this business really in a reset, like in the U.S. recession and plateaued here in Canada. It was called a recession here in Canada, um, but in 2007, but we had such a good run. I always told Nick, I'm like, you know what? We really won't know what we're made of until shit hits the fan and when shit hits the fan we'll see what rockstar does and how it responds and if we get through that moment and i don't even know if we're through it yet because 2021 is ahead of us yeah um but that'll teach us and tell us if we are real entrepreneurs and it's funny i always thought that was going to be our test and now we're kind of like i don't even know if we're really in the middle of it i think we're just at the beginning of it yeah, I think there's. I, I definitely think there's a period of time that's going to be a little bit more painful. Maybe even specifically for real estate in our business, maybe even more painful than this year, right? Yeah. So, and that'll be the, that'll be all of our tests to ourselves. I think over the next twelve months, twenty four months. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's cool. 
That's, that's a that's a bit I think you you always did a good job of that with this business as you always kind of reminded us let's put money aside let's put let's build the balance sheet let's build the balance sheet and I think you know I have to give you a lot of credit for that not that I didn't think it was bad it's just I don't know if I would have done it as consistently as you did it and then that that really just gave us peace of mind through the whole time because because when you face it we closed on this office put the money down for this office in February 2020 and then we built out this office we paid for the build out of this office. We paid for the furniture of this office and we paid a lot of those bills right before COVID hit. And so it could have been a moment in time where we were so tight to the bone cash wise that could have been really different. Yeah, because the timing wasn't good because we just had an, a big outlay of ca- of capital because of what happened. And then it was like, out of all the possible timing, it was like, okay, now we're going to test you because you just outlaid all this. Let's see. Because there's know. moments in time where your cash is going to go down. So that would have been a moment yeah. where maybe we could have been tighter than we were. So thankfully we weren't. Yeah. It's just the way I always do things. Like I just need this security blanket. And once that's built out, then I'm like, all right, then I'm willing to, I, I start, to, I just take whatever shots there. Because, you know, Ruben, earlier you were talking about like you, you figure out what's worst case and if you're okay with that. And I do that as well. But in this, in particular, in this ways, my worst case is like, well, if I take if if I take a shot and it doesn't work, well, this there's the foundation is there, so I can I always have that foundation, and that's kind of still important to me, right? I don't know, it's just the way I'm, I'm built. It feel it feels in that case is almost, and it's not because it's still it's it's not it's still like our own money, but it feels like I'm almost playing with house money sometimes. Because I'm like, okay, you know, let, let, let's good, let's 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 take a chance with this one and see where it goes, right? Yeah, you gotta have that good defense to have that good offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. actually a good. You're way like to put this it. too, yeah. though, right? You're very, I think, yeah. I don't know, prudence the right word, or mm-hmm. like you'll, 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 you'll make sure you're saving, mm-hmm. and that's been something you've always done. Yeah, yeah, creating that defense. Yeah, and I think, I think, Ruben, you and I, I don't know, but I don't say. <laughs> you and I are more. I think you and I are more the type of people who are like, okay, problem. Yeah, problems coming up. Build some equity somewhere, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll get through. Throw me a problem, yeah. and I'm going to get yeah, through the problem. Right. And and to your credit, I've seen you get thrown major freaking yeah, problems, problems, major pro- yeah. major yeah. problems. And whether it was in the corporate world at Oracle, I saw you negotiating. Dude, I was telling someone the other day, you were uh, they were like, oh, Ruben was your sales manager? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but he didn't actually do anything for me. <laughs> and I just meant that as a compliment, though, yeah. because you, you were really good at putting the right people in the right spots, mm-hmm. and you just let all of us run wild. But when we did have a problem, to get you on the phone with a higher up at Oracle and you would spend six hours. He would negotiate with an EVP at Oracle over like a bit of commission for hours. I really think they tapped out. They were like, dude, okay, freaking take your commission. I'm Because t- he would be throwing the rule book at them, all these different exceptions. Do you remember what you would go through? And I and I and that was something I learned. I was like, holy smokes, this guy's really just willing to fight for what no, he believes. No, no, I don't know if it's that. I, I just, I think he's just willing to stay on the phone longer than anyone else because I've seen you in multiple trips. You will have the longest phone calls known to humankind. Oh I'll break him. I'll break I don't him. think we had one, I don't think we had one sales team meeting ever. Maybe we had one team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> we had the, you had the best performing sales or we were high performing sales team were we the best performing sales i think so at one point we were the highest performing sales team out of that group and i don't think you had a sales meeting ever so if anyone asks us hey what's the secret to a sales team everybody on the team would have just looked and just shrugged at themselves yeah we didn't get to sorry sorry we didn't get to go on a trip this year together but we did uh, uh, have that two-day gun license that was a highlight wasn't it for 2020 (laughs) defense again i still have that one instructor sorry i'm i still have nightmares i'm in school and that literally brought me back to where like, okay, you know, hey guys, we're going to hang out too, like for the weekend together. And by the way, there's multiple tests and so forth. I'm like, and you're going to, 
And we all know yeah. you should have failed one of the tests, but I your instructor was really good. And Mike, and, and Mike had the same crazy instructor, and I had the same crazy yeah. instructor. Remember, he told me, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was trying to pull the trigger on the test. <laughs> I'm not trying. You did, didn't you? <laughs> now, the reason I did, though, I was reflecting back on the listen. The reason I did is I cocked the handgun. I cocked the handgun because I thought there was a safety on it. And then to release the... the so he pulled the trigger to test it. After you release it, I had to pull the trigger to release it. I knew it wasn't loaded. But when I did that, he looked at me and he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I really... I, it brought me back to grade school. I thought I immediately failed everything. Holy smokes. Oh, but uh, yeah, we all have our gun license for... What is it? Restrict... What do we even have? Restricted, unrestricted. Yeah, so it's like rifles, shotguns, and, and handguns, which we now learned in Canada, you basically... What is it? You can't own a handgun. In, no, you can own a handgun in Canada, but but you can't use it. You can't. You, if you point it, if you ever point something even unloaded, even unloaded, if you point someone uh, at someone, it's like two years. Or, it's, yeah, yeah, two yeah. years or five yeah. years. So in jail. somebody breaks into your house, and I have an unloaded handgun, and I point it at you. Like a, it's like five years in jail. I can go to jail. Yeah, how that makes sense. I still I have no think idea. I, so. I don't want to put it to test, but <laughs> I just mean, real like, you think someone's really going to sentence you to that for you know for that? It just seems yeah. it seems like a stretch, but officially, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's yeah. a, a handgun would be restricted, so you can really only in Canada own it to take it to a gun range mm-hmm. or a shooting kind of target practice thing, yeah. and that's it. And it, and then some of them you have to don't didn't they tell us you have to call. You have to call and say you're leaving home with it, or that's that was a certain that's, type. That's only if you're like going someplace else. Or something. So but if like you're taking that. it to the gun range, you don't have to. Yeah. So it was like gun range, and that's or it. maybe the gun store. I don't Basically, know. So anyone like listening all, to this, go so get yeah. your own license. <laughs> sounds, sounds like we all have to take the license again. But you're allowed to own rifles and shotguns. And just think for about hunting. that. You can't have a yeah for hunt. Well, we're allowed to only say for hand. No, it didn't. Oh, say for I hand. guess yeah. for like sport. Yeah, for anything. But you can't own a handgun, but you can own a shotgun. No, you can't own a handgun. You can't own a hawk, uh, handgun. Yeah, because you right. texted Ed the other day. He said they're illegal, and I, I didn't bother no. correcting you. I just knew that I was right and you were wrong. So that was enough satisfaction yeah. for me. Well, you can't really. The only place you can legally take it is the shooting range. But you can own it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I mean, that's yeah, using it. Yeah, you know, like, like I guess you, you can, can go hunting. Where but are you going to take? Okay, but where are you going to take? Where else you going to take it? You can go hunting. You can take it to your friend's house. No, but you can go hunting. Oh, you can't yeah. even take a handgun to go hunting. To, to go, go hunting, hunting. Yeah. it's only the shooting range. Yeah, because right. yeah. most people do go to try to kill deer with handguns. That is like the, the common, <laughs> no, I, I common, get, the common I, I, gun no, of guess, choice for hunting. It <laughs> made me kind of feel happy that in Canada, I was like, okay, in Canada, you really have no hand. There's just handguns are. I guess that's why I was saying illegal because it's like, mm-hmm. it's really shooting range and home. There's just yeah. nothing to do with them at all. And mm-hmm. the other ones you can take hunting, and that's kind of where the limited part to that is but you're you're happy you have your license i'm sure no you don't even care are you, you guys even registered like after you passed did the we course get, did we get our test marks? results back first and then oh we haven't got the test no, results. we got to get something back and then you mail it off to the rcmp okay. or whatever mm-hmm. did we have to do anything yet not right. yet no, no we don't have the, the marks yeah, back none yet. of us actually have our license. you guys to tell me no but then i'm gonna go get my hunting license really yeah the whole the whole point is to go hunting you're not gonna go hunting no for no, quality yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. I just want quality food. No, that, that, I, I, I can get lured into hunting for quality food. I just don't know if I have the patience level. Dude, we all have to go hunting. You're not going to go hunting? What? Kill We're, Bambi? Oh, Thumper. oh my God. Here we <laughs> go. Come on. You have oh, young kids. You see all the cookies. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, Thumper, I have young kids, 14 and, and, and 18. They're watching Bambi. Thumper's been destroyed for me from a young age. We were in Croatia. We were driving home one night, and I guess a, a rabbit was like, we were going up to the village, dark, dirt road. And a rabbit, I guess, like got hit by the car partially. So they got out and it was like at the side of the street. And it was still half alive, oh, no. right? 
So they took it. Our aunt. It was not. It was I, our it was, aunt. It was a neighbor. I'm gonna. I almost um, want to predict this, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. It. Well, anyways, they took it and to, to make sure it was dead, so they could cook it. So they're like, "Oh, this is great. We're gonna cook it and eat it." They they grabbed it by its back legs and smashed its head against the rock <laughs> three or four times. I was a kid watching this to make sure it was dead, and then they took it home and they cooked it one yeah, night. Yeah, we ate it. Know. We ate it. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't remember. Yeah, it's probably Croatian way of doing it. Normally, the Portuguese they'll ha- grab it by the hind legs, and they do a karate chop on the back of the neck. Vicious. What are you talking about a karate chop on the back? <laughs> this sounds like that knuckle nobody story. Killed, dude, no one killed a rabbit with a karate chop on the back of the huh? neck. Uh, no yes. One you grab it by the hind legs, karate chop on the back of the neck. It's all over. Game over, Is rabbit. this something you've seen in real life? I have. It's, really? It's yeah. dead already. We've seen chickens where their heads cut off. I remember going into the back in the, the village in Croatia there, and I didn't know our aunt was cutting, up the, cutting off chickens' heads. And it, it, the chicken, I guess the nervous system kind of goes all squirrely after yeah. it cuts the head off yeah. and it just starts all freaking out. That was a freaky thing. You know, when you're not expecting to see something. And we saw a pigs get, I think I've shared the story before when we had we, a pig, they were trying to kill one of the pigs to eat and it got away, came running, screaming at me. <laughs> that was crazy. And they went hunting and caught wild boar and uh, skinned the wild boar and the whole village gets together and kind of put, get clicks all the blood and does all that kind of stuff. It was, it was crazy to see all that stuff. Savages. And now we go yeah. to the grocery. Now we go to the grocery store. We get saran wrapped meat with food coloring on it, and you know, so different world, man. I guess we'll wrap. I guess, uh, guys, uh, in- interesting year, twenty twenty. We'll see what twenty. No, hold on. Before we wrap, twenty twenty one. What's one thing for you? What do you got to do? What's a goal? What just something you want to change? What's something you want to see? It doesn't even have to be like a a resolution or anything like that. Just I don't know. Just what comes to mind? Twenty twenty one. So Ruben's on the spot. I'm looking at Ruben first. So let's yeah, we'll, yeah, no. we'll change it. I'll just now I'll go look at Mike. He had a chance to think. He had three or four seconds, solid seconds to think about it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think it's uh, food and diet. I'd like to clean up a little. Just I'm in my fifties now, so I can't. Uh, I, you're the, the burger. You're, you're pretty good, man. Yeah, but the burgers Thanks. priest you read yeah, today yeah, sounded pretty. It smelled oh, pretty good. Yeah, I know, it did didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's for you, food and diet. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I'd like to clean it up because there's that one time that Dr. Cowan recommended that I go on pretty well uh, st- uh, salads and meats. Did that for a while, and I gotta tell you, man, that's the best I've ever felt. Yeah. But uh, that is my weakness. So that and getting the house obviously ready, landscaping and whatnot um, is, is going to be big this year. And uh, yeah, I think uh, if I can get the, the food dialed in, I think that's a lot of people's crutches. Yeah. Or at least that's the way I'm justifying mine. <laughs> oh, to- dude, totally. I get those macaroons at that bakery down on Lakeshore Road in Trafalgar yeah. and just I'm, I, everything goes out the window. I just crush those. But things. you're very good with dialing in on your body and how it reacts. I'm, I'm, I'm not as good with that. Like, I think it's just because it shows on my face. Yeah, yeah. Like if gotcha. I don't yeah, eat you do well, sensitive I will there, break yeah. out with yeah, acne yeah, at this yeah, age. Yeah. And, and, and and it I think that just it I'm makes, sensitive in the waist. Yeah. <laughs> shows in tongues. I'm face. sensitive in the face. Belly. I'm sensitive in the face. You're sensitive in the waist. <laughs> Uh, Nick, what about what was the question again? <laughs> Just 2021. I don't know what comes to mind. 2021. I'm fascinated. Personally, I'm fascinated to see what uh, happens with monetary policy. Because I just think this is the year where 10 years of studying the economy, shit begins to hit the fan. I'm not trying to say everything happens in 2021, but shit gets to, starts to get real. They can't drop interest rates anymore. There's going to be more bankruptcies. They're going to put more money into the system. What happens to real estate prices? What happens to the price of gold? What happens to the price of Bitcoin? To me, 2021 is a turning point year in monetary policy. And I'm, and, and, and I'm fascinated by it. And it's unfortunate because it's happening for some negative reasons because a lot of people are not going to enjoy 2021. 
Um, but I think if you're nimble and, and you kind of understand what's going on, you can navigate through it. No problem. You just have to be aware of what's happening around you and not kind of put your head in the sand. Ruben, if I look at what I learned from 2020, everything was accelerated. I went from like when the quarantine happened, had the most quality time with the family, more family dinners. I remember playing like keg music in the background while we're eating steaks around the dinner table. But and you guys don't all live together. No. Oh, no, we didn't. hold on. So we, no, this is a yeah, problem. <laughs> no, I'm and playing, wait, wait, what type of music? Keg. Jazz music in the back. So it sounded oh. like, so it was like. Is that the, type of music? Keg music? Or like, do you mean the keg or steakhouse? The keg steakhouse. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what was happening. Keg Most music. people got it. Yeah, I know. Most people did. But, um, and then from that, uh, luckily we're in the industry that we are, that things just got crazy busy. Well, other industries were struggling and I've probably never been busier. We had one of the most successful years we ever had in real estate was this last, it was 2020. But what I realized, there was never a steady balance. It was either, it was all personal, right? In terms of family, quality, health, everything was just all working extremely well. And, and then to the point where it was like neglected everything and it was all business. Yeah, so, but dude, just on that point, because I've seen you comment on this before, but I don't think life is ever a perfect balance. I think you're going to have moments in time where you are spending time with the family like you describe, and then there's moments in time where you are, are more all in on business. It's not like you neglected the family entirely during yeah, that Yeah, there's time. too much crap on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you know what? Balance, and and you give yourself a, I, I, you don't point at me. I'm pointing. I point to you. I point to you. Double finger point. <laughs> it's like you're spinning a bunch of plates on a bunch of different sticks, and you know you yeah. got to keep all these yeah. plates going. So but the more attention you spend on one, I'm going to kick you now. Okay. <laughs> the more attention you spend on one, these other ones are slowing down. Getting people so pointing you gotta at me, kicking to... me. What's going on here? <laughs> out of love, dude. By the way, out of love. what you guys don't we see. We only drink half the you, bottle of Proper 12, What too. you guys don't see what's going on right now. Everywhere, everyone. We're all wearing gold chains? No, no. Except By the way. We're, we're not all wearing gold chains. Everybody's wearing, wearing plumbing black, spots. tight, long sleeve shirts. I'm the only person wearing a white shirt. Are, I, you, are you a virgin? Is that why? No. <laughs> I feel like the black sheep, but the white sheep. <laughs> Amongst the black sheep. But to that point is I, I think it's choice though. Like I wasn't doing it by choice, right? I was doing it just being reactive. Okay, and, that's and, different. So where you're right, that's fair. Okay, sure. so but I think yeah, going into 2021, it's going to be is to be more aware and try to have more balance. I didn't even think of anything. Even during all that, I was listening <laughs> to you guys. But you know what? No, but you know what I found interesting the whole time? Not one. And I wasn't thinking anything to do with this. No one said anything to do with virus, COVID, anything like that. Oh, it's man. like you just, and I, I think that's what's so refreshing to me. It's like, look, this thing is there, whatever. You just exist with it and you move on. And yeah. you just kind of like this, you just learn what the, the environment is you're in. And then you create what you need to create for yourself in that environment. Whereas I think, so many people get caught up in the environment instead of worrying about what they need to do within it, it that's where things get thrown off for so many people. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I just there's it's just a conversation I've had with many people because some people are so focused on that that they can't focus on anything else for themselves. And I'm like, well, if you just spend less time focusing on that and focus on yourself, maybe there's an opportunity there. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Yeah, selfishly, like with the lockdown, like 2020, if if you had the opportunity to do something you always wanted to do, like we're going into this lockdown again, like that was our opportunity as a family for me to write that book that went out. Like, That's cool. You, yeah, you got to seek something during these troubled times. And if you have that goal, um, 
you know, you're just going to look at things a little differently than as opposed to everything you're missing out on. Yeah. One thing that I've sucked at, and I think this is, if I had to say one, one thing for 2021 is that locally here, like I, I really like have, having new experiences for the family and doing new things. And, and often that involves travel to different places. And we all like to travel. And my kids, I guess maybe because they've traveled since they, they, each of them have traveled multiple times since they've every year since they've been born. So they're like, they're just used to it. So they're good travelers, but I, re, I rely on the travel to have these different experiences and I and found, downtime. Yeah, and downtime. And then I found that here, it wasn't that something I didn't really provide the same way. So that's what I'm looking at, at doing. You know, I, I want to provide those same types of experiences and downtime and, and with the family locally as well. Because I, I, I think I do a decent job of it when, you know, I just rely so much on going elsewhere to do it. So that, that would be something that I, I noticed about myself. I'm like, hmm, this is mm-hmm. quite, it, it, for, me, for me it was interesting because around here I feel like I struggle with options or I give them too much choice and they're like, nah, we don't <laughs> want to do that. And I'm just like, damn it, get in the car, we're doing it. You know, I got maybe I'd have to do more of that a little bit. Polar's operating till January 4th, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but families that can get through this and that will survive, like imagine when this is done, epic vacations are coming up oh, down the pipeline. I text Ed last night. I think so. I was talking to Kim. I'm like, screw it. The moment we can go to Arizona, and all of us are going, by the way. You guys are going because I'm going to make it. A, you know why we're all going, Ruben? Because I'm going to organize it. So everybody will be in North America when we d- organize this. For those of you who don't listening, Ruben invited me to a trip when he booked it when I was in Europe. And he goes, okay, we're leaving on this date. And I'm like, Ruben, that departure date, I'm in Croatia. I can't join it. Oh, really? Remember you responded, oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know. We're going anyway. I'm sure there were flights from Croatia. Yeah, there were flights from Croatia. By the time I got there, you guys are already returning home. <laughs> Holy smoke. Anyway, is that Nick? Was that a wrap? Yeah, you're now you're allowed. Now we're allowed. <laughs> That's it. This is actually the last podcast of 2020. Let's see what 2021 brings. 2020 over and out. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hey, everybody. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat. I'm not sure what uh, all happened on that episode, but hopefully you enjoyed everything that we chatted about there. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to check out what we're up to with the Rockstar Inner Circle membership, you can go to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member and get all the benefits listed there of becoming a Rockstar Inner Circle member. We wish you the very best in 2021. Let's rock this together. Until next time, your life, your terms.